Hi there, I'm Sue Alvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 154. And today, I'm going to be sharing some stories from my newly published book, Radical Unschool Love. I've also got a few other things that I'm going to be talking about as well. But to start with, it is Wednesday morning here in Australia. And I'm sitting in my walk-in robe in front of my mic by myself. Most of my girls are at work today. I dropped Sophie off at work in town about 8 o'clock this morning. And then about an hour or so later, Imogen and Gemma Rose headed off to work as well. So that just leaves me and Charlotte at home. Charlotte's busy because she's doing some designing that means I haven't got anybody to talk to during this episode today. So yes, it's a solo episode. But first, how did you get on with last week's episode, the one about unschool writing? You might remember that my daughter, Imogen, she joined me and we talked about improving our writing. You might know that Imogen has a Bachelor of Arts degree in professional writing and publishing. She's also published a novel, The Crystal Tree, and she has helped me publish my books. So she has a lot of writing experience. If you have any questions that you would like us to try and answer about unschool writing, then please head over to my blog or to Instagram and let us know. Perhaps also you have some ideas for further topics that Imogen and I could talk about. Now, before I get into my book, I just want to mention again the Global Homeschooling Summit that's going on right at this moment online. There are a lot of good speakers And I think last week I told you that it was too late to sign up for a free ticket. And I think I got that wrong. I think there is still time. If if you head over to homeschooling-summit.com and then enter your email address, you will probably get uh, the links for all the videos. Even though there are only a few days of the summit left, There's still time to browse the videos, maybe watch a few, get a taste for the summit. And this might be good if you are considering buying a premium pass. Yes, see what you will be buying beforehand. The summit rounds up on Saturday the 29th of June with Sir Ken Robinson. Did I tell you last week that he is one of my education heroes? I probably did. And so I think he is a fitting end to this big event. Quite a lot of people have given me some very kind feedback about my interview video. That happened on day two of the summit. And yes, it was very encouraging to hear that I did okay. Now I'm looking forward to my girls' interview, which goes online tomorrow, Thursday is at the 27th of June. It will probably be Friday for us because, of course, we're ahead of most people in the world because I'm living in Australia. 
Another good thing about the summit is that there is the opportunity to link up with other homeschoolers or unschoolers online via Zoom. So I don't want to spend too much more time on the odds and ends part of this podcast. Last week, I could have just posted the odds and ends. Imogen and I talked for quite a long time before we got into the topic of the day. So what I'm going to do is tell you about my book and then share some of the stories from it. And then I might have a few more odds and ends of news at the end of this episode. So I hope that's okay. So on to Radical Unschool Love. Yes, my second unschooling book is now available from Amazon. And I'm really excited about that because, as you probably know, it has taken me a lot of time to write my unschooling books. I started them years ago. Finally, I published Curious Unschoolers in April, and I'm quite pleased that only a couple of months later, I'm publishing Radical Unschool Love. I wonder if you thought that it would take me a lot longer to get this book finished and published. Well, I was quite determined to do it quickly. Yes, I have a reputation to retrieve. Sometimes I wonder if people think that I'm a bit flaky. I say that I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And sometimes I don't do those things at all. Or it takes me a lot of time to do those things. I think that probably my problem is that I have too many ideas and not enough time. I am full of enthusiasm, but yes, there isn't the time or the energy to do everything that I would like to do. But now I've got these two books out of the way, that opens up the possibilities again. I have more free time, especially now that Jim Rose is working a couple of days a week. And that time, what do I want to spend it doing? Well, I'd really love to get back to blogging and regular podcasting, but I'm going to talk about that more at the end of this episode, because if I go on any more now, yes, we'll never get into the book. So the book, Radical Unschool Love, is available as a Kindle ebook and a paperback book from Amazon. Why did I write the book? Well, I really want to change the image of radical unschooling. Unschooling has a bad enough image, but radical unschooling, oh my, there are so many negative stories about radical unschooling, and people get put off trying this way of life. It's not what most people think it is. Even I had a false idea about what radical unschooling is. Years ago, whenever I heard those words, radical unschooling, I cringed. I thought, there is no way we are ever going to become radical unschoolers. Yes, unschoolers. I was quite prepared to let go of control of my kids' education, but to extend that freedom into all aspects of their lives. Well, no, I didn't think that was a good idea. I thought that I would be irresponsible if I did that. People might criticize me. They might say, hey, Sue, it really isn't a good idea to let go of so much control. Radical unschooling is a terrible idea. You'll end up with wild and out-of-control kids, kids who will have no self-discipline. Your life will become very chaotic. So yes, 
I didn't like the sound of radical unschooling. I must have read loads of negative stories, and I had this fixed idea in my head about what it was all about. But strange things happen. One day I realised it was too late. We were already living a radical unschool way of life. Somehow we'd become radical unschoolers without ever intending to. If you've read my book, Curious Unschoolers, you might recognize this story. This is the way we got to unschooling. Yes, we never intended becoming unschoolers. Because, like radical unschooling, I had some false ideas about what it is. So I discovered that unschooling was different from what I imagined. And then I discovered that radical unschooling is very different as well. It's not an irresponsible way of life. It's not an extreme way of parenting. And I think that everybody can radically unschool because at the heart of radical unschooling is unconditional love. Unconditional love, loving our kids unconditionally, isn't this what we ought to be doing? Yes, Maybe radical unschooling is something that everybody should consider doing. And I guess that's the message of my new unschooling book. It's another big book. Yes, almost the same size as Curious Unschoolers. Instead of being a big orange book, it's a big pink book. I don't think it's going to get lost on the bookshelf. And in Radical Unschool Love, I share many, many family stories. I share my experiences, what I have learnt, my mistakes and successes, my thoughts and ideas. I'm hoping that it is a good read, that the book is very helpful. I hope that it will open up some interesting conversations. So I'd love you to read my book. I'd especially love you to read it if you think you'll never radically unschool. Of the two books, Curious Unschoolers and Radical Unschool Love, I think this one is my favourite. And I think that's because it is about unconditional love. I'm hoping as you read it that that love will just flow off the page. Perhaps if you read my book, you can let me know what you think. Do you feel that love? So that's an introduction to my new book, Radical Unschool Love. And what I'd like to do now is read some of those stories out to you. Now, there's no way that I could read the whole book because there are over 130 stories. But if you like the stories that I'm going to share today, Perhaps you'd like to go over to Amazon and check my book out. When I was sharing stories from Curious Unschoolers, I just started from the first page and I shared all the stories that are available on the free sample from the Kindle book. But today I'm not going to do that. I'm going to leave out a couple of stories. I'm going to leave out the one about me, who I am. I think probably by now you know who I am. And I'm not going to read the part called A Book of Stories, because you heard that last time. A Book of Stories is in both my books, Curious Unschoolers and Radical Unschool Love. Basically, it's just saying that the book 
is a book of stories and where they came from and the best way to read my book. So I'm going to read a couple of introduction stories and then I'm going to read all the stories in the section called Radical Unschooling. Radical Unschool Love Radical unschooling children don't necessarily brush their teeth or shower. And if they want to exist on an exclusive diet of Coca-Cola and donuts, well, that's up to them. Or so the stories go. And for some people, that might not sound like a very attractive way of life at all. But what if we forget about teeth and showers and junk food? Perhaps there's something far more important at the heart of a radical way of life. What if we accept our children with all their gifts and quirks and failings, treat them with trust and respect, and instantly forgive? Love them just as they are, no strings attached. What if we love as we'd like to be loved ourselves? We'd be loving unconditionally. And isn't that a rather radical thing to do? So how do we live radically? Don't worry about other people's stories, which might not even be true. Just love. The next instalment of The Unschooling Story. In my first unschooling book, Curious Unschoolers, I said, I've got something very important to share with you. I want to tell you about unschooling, what it is, and how it has changed our family's life, and why I think everyone should do it. I'm passionate about unschooling. I hope my words are going to make you feel excited about it too. I also said, I believe unschooling is different because it's all about unconditional love. I want to show you how choosing to unschool will result in a love so powerful it will encourage not only our kids but us as well to become the people we are all meant to be. Unconditional love. Surely unschooling is about giving kids the freedom to learn what they like. How do we get from that to love? It's a long story. Or maybe lots of shorter ones. Stories contained in two books, Curious Unschoolers and Radical Unschool Love. Curious Unschoolers focuses mainly on the educational side of unschooling, and Radical Unschool Love is about unschool parenting. The two books do overlap because, in real life, parenting and education are woven closely together. I hope you will read both my books to get the full unschooling picture. Both my books? Perhaps you've already read Curious Unschoolers. If you have, are you now ready to read the next instalment of The Unschooling Story? Do you want to know what happens when we let unschooling flow over into all aspects of our lives and not just the educational side? Shall we discuss Radical Unschooling? There are lots of frightening stories about radical unschoolers. Many people think radical unschooling is an irresponsible thing to do. Well, I'm hoping to change this negative image, set the record straight, tell everyone what I think radical unschooling is really all about. 
It's about unconditional love. By the time you get to the end of this book, I hope you'll agree with me that radical unschooling is something anyone can do. Maybe it's something everyone should consider doing. Is it the right way to live? Radical unschooling. Not as wild as it sounds. Many people think of unschooling very simply. It's a method of homeschooling where a child doesn't use a curriculum or a plan put together by a parent. Instead, parents allow their children to learn in their own way what interests them. They trust that their kids will learn all that they need to know at a time when they need to know it. But unschooling can affect more than the educational side of a child's life. What if, as well as giving our kids the freedom to learn what's important to them, we also let them make their own decisions about other things, such as food and bedtimes and clothes? What if we let unschooling spill over into all areas of our lives? If we do that, we'll be radically unschooling. Perhaps you think radical unschooling sounds like a recipe for disaster. How can kids handle that much freedom? What if they make the wrong choices? Could they become wild and out of control? Will everyone think that we are irresponsible parents? Well, they might if we just step back and let our kids do whatever they like without any input from us. But that's not radical unschooling. Our kids need our guidance, but we can't just tell them what to do. So how does radical unschooling work? How do we help our kids become the people they are meant to be? We do it by building up strong bonds of connection between us. When we are closely connected with our kids, we know them very well. They know us. Our kids feel loved and accepted. They trust us. We are the most important people in their lives, so they will turn to us for guidance. We'll be able to share what's right and what's wrong and help our kids determine their needs so that they make the right choices. So how do we become closely connected with our children? It begins with unconditional love. And that's really what this book is all about. Unconditional love. If we love unconditionally, we'll accept our kids for who they are, unique people with their own talents and interests, quirks and failings. If we believe our kids' talents and interests are an integral part of them, we will encourage them to use them. We will value what our children are interested in. We'll let them learn about the things that are important to them will respect their choices. If we love unconditionally, we won't impose our ideas on our children. They don't have to be who we think they should be. They can be themselves. We won't express disappointment with who our kids are. They'll know that we value them just the way they are. We'll also trust that they'll find their places in the world. We'll let our unconditionally loved children develop and grow and learn in their own time. They don't have to fit into our timetable. We won't compare them to other children. 
Our kids can express their thoughts and ideas and opinions. We will listen and take them seriously. Our kids don't have to be just like us. We won't let other people's opinions about our children affect how we treat them and feel about them. We'll stand up for them and protect them. They don't have to fulfill other people's expectations. When we love unconditionally, we love all the time, regardless of what our kids do. We won't withdraw our love as a way of controlling or influencing them. Our kids don't have to please us. They don't have to do things to keep us happy. We can't use love to manipulate them. We'll keep on loving even when our kids make mistakes. Yes, we'll love them regardless. Our children won't think, I got away with that. I'll misbehave again because I know I'll be forgiven. Even though this sounds reasonable, it's not what happens. When we fail and are forgiven, we want to become better people. I know this from experience. When I fail and my kids wrap their arms around me and say, Mum, it doesn't matter. We love you. I want to be the best mother in the world. I also want to make up for my mistake and put things right. Why should it be any different for kids? Some people say we shouldn't reward bad behaviour with love. But love is necessary. It's what gets our kids and us back on track again. Love is powerful. It can transform people. And perhaps bad behaviour is a sign that our child has a need that isn't being fulfilled. Our child doesn't need punishment. She needs our empathy and love. We love unconditionally and accept our kids for who they are, but this doesn't mean we don't want them to grow in virtue and become better people. We still have to guide them and help them overcome their faults. When kids are loved unconditionally... We become the most important people in their lives because of the strong bonds that are forged between us. They will love, trust and respect us and so look to us for guidance, especially when they're learning about right and wrong. They will develop an internal feeling of rightness. This will be their guide. If they do wrong, they'll no longer feel right inside. This is why kids will choose to do what is right even when they don't want to, even if it's difficult. Of course, kids sometimes fail. They can choose to do wrong, but so can parents. When we love our children unconditionally and accept them for who they are, they have no reason to be jealous of their siblings. There'll be no reason for sibling rivalry. Siblings will have close bonds. They will appreciate each other as unique people with individual personalities and talents. A family should be a group of imperfect people who love each other unconditionally. When we fail, we aren't condemned or criticised by our family. Instead, everyone helps us get back on our feet. We acknowledge how hard life can be. We forgive each other. We keep loving one another. Our family, where we are unconditionally loved, is our safe place, our refuge from the world. 
It's where we try and fail and try again. Love and forgive and become the people we are meant to be. So unconditional love is essential if we want our children to develop their unique talents and skills which they will use to fulfil their missions in life. It's also necessary if we want them to learn right from wrong and become virtuous people. That's a lot of thoughts, isn't it? But don't worry. I have many, many stories that expand on the ideas I've just presented. I hope after reading them, you will agree that unconditional love is an essential ingredient of unschooling. Our Radical Unschooling Story In Curious Unschoolers, I told you the story of how we started our homeschooling adventure as unschoolers. Unfortunately, we soon left this way of life behind, and I never thought we'd return. No, I assumed our unschooling days were over. But one day, I realised we were indeed unschooling. How can a family become unschoolers without even realising it? Surely I knew what unschooling looked like. Right back at the beginning, I thought I knew all about unschooling. But later, I realised that I didn't understand it very well at all. If I had... I'm sure that we'd never have moved on to other things. So we are unschoolers. We arrived here gradually and unexpectedly. And for a long time, we were quite content with our lives. We liked being unschoolers. We were happy letting go of control and trusting that our kids would learn all they needed to know in their own time and way. But we were education-only unschoolers. I couldn't see us letting unschooling spill over into all aspects of our lives. No, I was sure we'd never become radical unschoolers. The words radical unschooling made me feel very uncomfortable. This way of life sounded rather weird and possibly irresponsible. And even if it was okay to unschool... Surely, only people living an unconventional lifestyle did it. All the radical unschoolers we'd heard about travelled around the country in combi vans or lived in yurts. They grew organic vegetables. They were free-spirited people living outside of mainstream society. And although we liked the radical unschoolers we met very much, they were different from us. We didn't feel we belonged. And we didn't want to change so that we would fit in. We were quite happy living our seemingly conventional Catholic unschooling life in our ordinary house on a regular-sized block of land. No, I couldn't imagine us ever going down the radical unschooling pathway. But strange things happen. Some years ago, I stopped and thought about where our family was at that moment in time and where we'd come from, and I realised that we'd changed in a big way. Our parenting style had changed. Our relationships with our kids weren't the same. Our unschooling life was different. One day, I realised we'd arrived at radical unschooling without ever intending to. Had we become wild and irresponsible? 
Did we buy a combi van? Perhaps we'd moved into a yurt. Did we dig up our garden and plant rows and rows of vegetables? No, we didn't do any of those things. What we did do was discover that radical unschooling isn't what I thought it was. It's not a wild and irresponsible way to live. And it's also not something that's confined to a particular lifestyle. Although there's nothing wrong with yurts and combi vans and organic vegetables, we didn't have to make these part of our life to radically unschool. Radical unschooling has nothing to do with the external appearances of a family. It's not about how we choose to dress or eat, or where we choose to live, or even what we believe. We might live a simple life on the road. Maybe we reside in a city or on a farm. How about a home in a village on the edge of the Australian bush? We might be Christians, or maybe not. It doesn't matter. Anyone can radically unschool. Maybe everybody should. Even after I realised we were radical unschoolers, I never used the word radical when I spoke or wrote about my family. Why is that? I think I was reluctant to use this word because it implies that what we're doing is strange. It's extreme parenting. Perhaps risky. That's the image the word radical conjures up for most people. I didn't want anyone to read my stories and make the same mistake I did. I didn't want people to think radical unschooling is not for them. No, radical unschooling isn't out there at the extreme edges of parenting. It's actually something that we should consider as mainstream. This is the way everybody should parent their children. Why do I think that? Because radical unschooling involves respecting our children, loving them unconditionally, and making strong connections with them. And shouldn't we all be doing these things? It really is the right way to live. So we are radical unschoolers. Isn't it funny how we can change one step at a time and end up somewhere we didn't think we wanted to go? An Active Approach to Radical Unschooling You might agree that there are a lot of benefits to unschooling as far as education goes. Children acquire a love of learning. They will indeed learn all they need to know when they need to know it. There are no battles because kids are self-motivated. And when we allow children to follow their passions, amazing things can happen. Learning also becomes a family affair. It can be a chance for parents to have a second education. So some families will choose to unschool for these reasons. But what about radical unschooling? What about letting freedom to choose spill over into all aspects of our children's lives? Should we do that? Perhaps it's time to take one more step. But maybe you've read negative stories about radical unschooling. Could the critics be right? If we give our children the freedom to choose, will they become selfish people and will our lives become chaotic? 
Over and over again, I read stories about parents who have tried radical unschooling. They say such things as, If you let your kids do whatever they like, they'll become selfish and lazy. You, as a parent, will end up doing all the work of the family. Kids will make bad decisions. We can't trust them. We've given radical unschooling a go. We gave our kids time to get their freedom out of their system, and they're still not turning around and saying, I'd like to help you, Mum. No, they're just getting used to being lazy. For these families, life becomes more and more chaotic, and mothers get exhausted because they're doing all the work. And then one day the mother says to her kids, That's it. I've had enough. Get back to work. Yes, I've read a number of these stories, and I believe them. This is exactly what's happening for many families, and I'm not surprised. Imagine saying to children, We're going to be radical unschoolers. From now on, you can do whatever you like. Perhaps they won't want to do the chores. They might want to stay up late making lots of noise. Maybe they'll play all day, even when they can see there's work to be done. They'll eat what they like, when they like, even if this means that they're being an inconvenience to other people. They'll not answer to anyone. Their parents have given them the freedom to do whatever they like, and that's exactly what they're going to do. But I don't think this is radical unschooling, and this is why I don't agree with the conclusion these parents have come to that radical unschooling doesn't work. Because I know it does work, it's what we're doing with our family. How did we get here? How did we become radical unschoolers? Did I wake up one morning and say, Hey kids, from now on we're going to be radical unschoolers? Unschooling is working, and I want to take the next step. Let's become radical unschoolers. You can do whatever you like. The choice is yours. Did I just stand back and trust my children would make the right decisions, that they would make good choices? I have already told you how other people have said that saying such things to their kids doesn't work. But maybe I was lucky. Perhaps my kids responded in a different way to other people's children. Could I have a different type of child who wouldn't even think of being self-centered? This is rather a silly thought, but some people do insist that some children are more suited to unschooling than others. The fact is, I never told my kids that they could do whatever they liked. I never even intended our family to become radical unschoolers. But one day, I looked back and realised we'd changed. We'd arrived at radical unschooling without making a conscious decision to do this. I did, however, make a decision. I decided I wanted to be a better parent. I knew that I didn't always speak to my kids with respect. I ordered them instead of asking. I criticised their clothes and hair and other things. What are you wearing that for? That doesn't match. I don't like your hairstyle. It looked better the other way. You're not going out looking like that. I always thought my way was better than my children's. 
I was the parent, and I had more experience. I had set ideas about how I wanted my children to look, and what I wanted them to do, and even what I wanted them to think. I was in control. At least I was trying to stay in control. We had our battles. I lacked empathy. I didn't listen properly. When my children were talking to me, I always jumped in with the things I wanted to say to them. If they said anything I disagreed with, I'd cut them off. I would tell them where they were going wrong and why I was right. It got to the stage where my kids weren't sharing much with me because, I guess, they knew that I'd lecture them as soon as they asked a question or expressed an opinion. I think it's very easy to get into a certain pattern of communication. We can do and say things without thinking. Words just fall from our mouths. One day I stopped and listened to myself, and I didn't like what I was hearing. I also started questioning my responses to various situations. Does it really matter if kids don't eat all the food on their plates? And why shouldn't they be allowed to choose their own style of clothes or hair? Does it matter if their clothes don't match? And what about bedtimes? Why should they go to bed at a certain time if they're not tired? And did I always have to nag them about doing chores? I never gave them an opportunity to offer to help me. And so I decided I'd try and change myself. I'm not saying it was easy, because it wasn't. I'd resolve not to say certain things, and then I'd find myself saying them and having to try again. But I did persevere, and I got to the stage where I was no longer trying to control my children. And what happened? It was really strange. When I let go of control, my kids didn't do any of the things I was worried about. They made choices very much in line with my own. And I wondered why they would do that. Why wouldn't they rush off and do something radical? They had the freedom to do whatever they liked, and they chose to be conventional, to fit in with the family. They continued to go to Mass with us. They ate similar food to the rest of the family. Life didn't become chaotic. When we work on our relationships, kids feel loved and valued and accepted. They feel connected with us. They regard us as the most important people in their lives. And because of this connection, they're willing to listen to us. They trust our opinions, and it's very likely that they'll end up adopting our values. Kids want to be considerate. They want to be helpful. They want to return the love we show them. Connection is essential if we want to radically unschool. When we are connected with our children, we can give them the freedom to choose, trusting they will make good choices. So we arrived at radical unschooling because I changed. I changed as a parent. I changed as a person. I took action. We can't just say, you're free to do whatever you like and expect our kids to make the right choices without any input from us. We can't stand back and let them get on with it. As many families have discovered, this will never work. 
What do we do if we want to radically unschool? We need to take an active approach. Look at ourselves and begin there. How radical unschooling might not look radical. Have you heard stories of unschoolers who stay up late every night and then sleep in the next morning? They don't move to anyone's timetable except their own. They eat what they like when they feel hungry and not when the clock or someone tells them it's time for a meal. They listen to the needs of their bodies and respond accordingly. Yes, they do what they like when they want to because there are no rules. They are as free as the wind, not constrained by anything. Is our life like that? No, it doesn't look like that at all. Actually, our life from the outside looks rather ordinary. Perhaps we don't sound much like most people's idea of a family who has let unschooling spill over into all parts of life. Could we just be pretending to live an amazing unschooling life when we are, in fact, conventional homeschoolers. Perhaps we're not radical unschoolers after all. Or maybe we are because radical unschooling isn't about what we do. It's not about what time we get up or when we eat our meals or when we go to bed or what type of activities we're involved with. It's all to do with the question, do children have the choice to do what they want? They might choose to do things on a family's timetable rather than on their own. But why would kids choose to do this? Why would they want to fit in with their family? I ask my children this question and they reply, Our family life is important to us. We like doing things together. We want to be part of the team. We contribute to the family and want to do things together because we love each other and want to help out. When our life has some rhythm to it, we achieve more. So in many ways, it might seem like we're living a conventional life, but we're not. Appearances are deceiving. We are as free as the wind. Why do we live the way we do? Charlotte says, because we want to, and so we do because we can. That's the first few stories from my book, Radical Unschool Love. Now, there are loads and loads and loads more stories in my book. Perhaps I shall read out the sections. My book starts with an introduction. Part two is Radical Unschooling, and it contains the stories that I've read to you today. Not as wild as it sounds. Unconditional Love, Our Radical Unschooling Story, An Active Approach to Radical Unschooling, and How Radical Unschooling May Not Look Radical. And then part three is Connection, and then we have Rules, Trust, Respect, Love, Joy, Forgiveness, Babies and Toddlers, Teenagers and Young Adults, Chores, Food, Being Different, Parents, Difficult Days, Concerns, Our Values and Beliefs, Christian Unschooling, When a Child Finds Life Difficult, and the last part, part 21, is 
some last thoughts. And in each section, there are a number of stories. Some of the same ideas will reappear in different stories, but I hope each story has something unique of its own to offer. Yes, I hope each story is valuable and interesting, and hopefully also entertaining. Who is my book for? Just from listening to those stories, you will know that our family is a Catholic Christian family. Maybe you're not. Does this mean that my book isn't for you? Well, perhaps I can finish this podcast with just one more story. It's from Part 17, Our Values and Beliefs. What if we have differing beliefs and opinions? We're Catholic unschoolers, and maybe you're not. Despite sharing an unschooling way of life, in some ways we might be very different. Is that okay? Can we share and learn from each other, even though we're not the same? What if we don't agree with each other's beliefs and values? What about our opinions? A reader of my blog once linked one of my posts to her blog and added the words, I don't agree with all her ideas, but I like this one. Someone liked my post. I smiled. But a small part of me thought, what's wrong with some of my other ideas? I wanted the reader to agree with everything I have to say. Is that just a natural reaction? Have you ever felt that way? Maybe most of us want others to accept our opinions. It feels good when we're exactly in tune with someone else. We don't have to explain ourselves because we understand each other. We know we're not going to have any disagreements so we can relax. We can talk about anything and everything without the fear that we might reveal too much about ourselves. We're kindred spirits. This type of friendship is very special. But not everyone in our lives has to be a kindred spirit friend. I think we also need people who are different from ourselves. When I'm willing to look at the world through their eyes, I learn a lot from people who aren't like me. I hear about new things. I ponder fresh ideas. Sometimes I end up giving up my own opinion in favour of someone else's. But even if I don't, my life is enriched and I always grow. When my daughter Sophie was 14, she said that because she's different from those around her, she's inclined to look for differences in other people. Even when teenagers are trying to be the same so they will fit into the crowd, She searches out the special qualities that make those people unique. Her words gave me much to think about. If someone is different from us, we shouldn't be quick to dismiss them as a person we don't want to know. Someone we can't be friends with. Someone we can't learn from. On the contrary, our eyes should light up. Our ears should turn towards that person. Who knows what we will see and hear that may enrich our lives? Is it necessary you agree with all my ideas? Oh no, we don't have to be totally in tune. We can share 
and ponder and grow because of our differences, we can still be friends. Life wouldn't be as interesting if we were all the same, would it? So I hope you agree with me that we don't have to be the same. Unschooling can still bind us all together. There is so much that we can share. Yes, so I'm hoping that my books, Curious Unschoolers and Radical Unschool Love, will open up some interesting conversations. I would love it if you read my book and then stopped by to give me your thoughts, some feedback about all the things that I have written about. If you like my books, I would also love some reviews for Amazon. Would you be willing to write something about my books? It doesn't have to be very long. It could just be a star rating and a couple of sentences. But your review would help enormously. It would help me spread the word about my books, which would also help spread the word about unschooling. Don't we want everybody to join us to live an amazing unschooling life? Well, my book, Curious Unschoolers, has five five star reviews on Amazon at the moment. And I'm really very grateful to the five people who took the time to stop by and share some thoughts about my book. The people are Just Kristen, Pen Name, Patrick C., Vanessa McAllister, Mum of Five. Thank you, everybody, for your kind reviews. I shared three of these reviews on my blog maybe two or three weeks ago, and today I'm going to read out the other two. Patrick C. left a five-star review, and he said, I'm really enjoying this book. Sue has such a relaxed writing style. It's an easy and informative read. And Mama Five also gave the book five stars and she said, Wonderful book. I have read a lot of homeschooling and unschooling books. This book is my current favorite homeschool book. In addition to Susie Andres's books, I am already starting to read it for the second time. I love the way Sue writes. She is so encouraging, like meeting a friend at the park. If you decide to buy Sue's book, you will not be disappointed. Isn't that wonderful? I am so pleased that Mama Five is imagining us at the park while she's reading my book. That's exactly how I wanted my words to come across. Meeting at the park, sitting around the kitchen table. Yes, talking as friends. Mama Five mentioned Susie Andres's books, and I can also recommend those as well. Susie is one of my writing buddies. Now and then, we will email each other, catch up on what we're both doing, talk about our writing projects. I will add links to Susie's books in the show notes today. Also, there will be links to my books on Amazon links to my blog and Instagram. And this brings me up to the last few bits and pieces that I'd like to share with you before I say goodbye. For the last few months, I've been thinking about all the different platforms that I'm involved with. And although it is good 
being on YouTube, having a newsletter, being on Instagram, having a blog, writing books, podcasting. Yes, I reach a lot of different people by using all these platforms. There is a problem, and that is I find it difficult to come up with enough content to fill all those platforms. I find myself either blogging or podcasting or posting on Instagram. I sort of take turns. When I have something to share, I think, shall I say that in a podcast? Or perhaps I should write a blog post? Or it would be quick and easy just to share it on Instagram. And so my blog might be idle for a while. And as you know, I might disappear from podcasting for a few weeks because I haven't got anything fresh to say. But I had this idea the other day. I thought that I could expand some of the things that I'm sharing on Instagram. I could write more about them and then make blog posts out of them. Yes, it is quick and easy to post on Instagram. And that is a positive, but there is a negative side to Instagram. And that is that I am limited by the amount of words that I can write. Now, it's a generous amount of words. It's not like Twitter, but quite often... While I'm sharing my thoughts, I run out of words. Yes, there's not enough space to say things properly. So I was thinking perhaps I ought to go back, find some of these Instagram posts and make them into blog posts for people who are particularly interested in the topic that I had been talking about. Add more words, obviously, more examples, links, more photos, just round things out. I guess there's nothing wrong with posting on Instagram and then going straight over to my blog and writing a blog post to go with my Instagram post. Maybe there are different audiences. Some people might just like a quick bite of unschooling. Other people might want to go a little bit deeper. So where does podcasting come into all of this? Well, I haven't quite decided yet. But I've done something very positive that might encourage me to podcast more often. And that is that I have set up my walk-in robe as a recording studio. You might know I moved into my cupboard or my closet a few weeks ago because the sound quality is better in here. All the clothes that are around me absorb some of the echo. I've got this little table and a couple of chairs and, of course, my mic. And every time I want to podcast, I haul out all the odds and ends and I haul in the table and the chairs and the mic. And this usually takes me a little while to get set up. But this morning, I took out all those boxes of odds and ends and other things. And I also moved out a chest of drawers that belongs to my husband. I found a space for it in the main part of the bedroom. And then I brought the table and the chairs and the mic into the closet or my walk-in robe. And I have set everything up and it's going to stay set up. Every time I want to podcast or record something else, all I have to do is bring my computer into my bedroom, hook up my mic, sit down and start talking. There's only one problem. What am I going to do with all that stuff that's now in my bedroom? Well, I guess I should sort it out. I'm sure I don't need half of it or even two thirds of it. I should take some of it to Vinnie's and throw some of it out. So this is forcing me to do a little bit of downsizing. 
get rid of all my excess stuff. I think my husband Andy is going to be very surprised when he comes home this evening. I hope he doesn't mind that I've moved his chest of drawers. I'm sure he won't mind. I've put it in a good spot. It's much more accessible than where it was previously hidden behind all the rubbish. Yes, he's now going to be able to slide open his drawers and get to his clothes a lot easier. Yeah, getting organised does make doing things a whole lot easier. I've been thinking about other ways that I can get organised. Maybe people think that unschoolers are not organised people. We just drift through our lives, just doing what comes to mind in the moment. But yes, if we did that, we'd never get anything achieved. So I'm getting organised. I finished two books. I'm organising myself for more podcasting, more blogging, more sharing on Instagram. And we'll see what happens next. So I think I have come to the end of this episode, episode 154. I hope you'll go over to Amazon and check out my books. I also hope you will consider writing a review of my books or even a review of this podcast. I receive an email once a month telling me about new podcast reviews and there haven't been any recently, but maybe somebody has written a review and it will be in the next update. Wouldn't that be lovely? Whenever I open my podcast review emails and it says no reviews this month, I feel rather sad. It is so lovely to get some feedback. It encourages me to keep on podcasting. So have I told you everything? I'm getting rather muddled up. Maybe all I've got left to do is to thank you for listening to this episode and to wish you a happy week. I hope you are doing some fantastic things together with your families. So until next time, don't forget to trust, respect and love unconditionally. Bye.